Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Did you know that worldwide over 1 out of 20 deaths is alcohol-related? This brings the global annual death toll from drinking to a staggering 3 million lost lives. And while most of these deaths are the result of long-term health complications, nearly 30% are not. Today we'll explain why this is so and be taking a closer look at how all these people are tragically passing away. We'll also be looking at all the steps that governments and international organizations are taking to tackle the problem. We'll also be looking at why they're sadly failing and what could be done instead. So for most people, when they think about alcohol-related mortality, they think about liver disease. And indeed, liver disease is one of the leading ways alcohol kills. But it is far from the only way. As we'll see, it's not even the leading cause of death. According to the World Health Organization, the WHO, alcohol can kill prematurely in more than 200 different ways. You see, Alcohol is a mild poison that passes the blood-brain barrier and affects more or less every single tissue in our body, which is why there's such a staggering number of health complications that it can bring about. Then, there's also the large number of fatal accidents and other violent deaths typically under intoxication. So let's break all of this down. In 2020, a comprehensive report in The Lancet gave us the most up-to-date data on alcohol-related mortality and morbidity globally. The statistics differ slightly from the official WHO's numbers, sadly for the worse. While the WHO estimates 2.5 million annual deaths, these researchers put the figure at 3 million. This is a staggering 5.3% of all deaths regardless of cause. Basically, what this number tells you is that more than 1 out of 20 people will die an alcohol-related death. I just, I want you to pause the video and, and let that magnitude of that figure sink in. One out of 20 people all around you will die from alcohol. So the report breaks down the deaths into three major categories. These are communicable, maternal, perinatal, and nutritional conditions, 362,000 deaths. Non-communicable diseases, 1.743 million deaths, and injuries at 862,000 deaths. So let's dive deeper into each of these categories. Starting off with the communicable diseases, the big ticket item is actually tuberculosis, accounting for 263,000 deaths or 72% of deaths in this category. Tuberculosis is a bacterial infection of the lungs which can sometimes be fatal, especially in those with a compromised immune system. It used to be very prevalent in Western countries, but has become a rare thing in past decades. In developing countries, however, it's still a major public health concern. Compared to non-drinkers, heavy drinkers have a three times higher risk of developing tuberculosis. Aside from tuberculosis, the other two items in this category of non-communicable disease deaths are respiratory infections with 95,000 deaths and HIV stroke AIDS with 30,000 deaths annually. The second category, non-communicable diseases, is much more diverse. As we mentioned, this category is also the biggest, with 1.743 million deaths annually. Here's how it all breaks down. Liver disease accounts for 588,000 deaths annually, and the liver bears the brunt of alcohol's impact on the body because that is where we metabolize it. That's where we break it down into other molecules that we eventually expel from the body altogether. And the first molecule that our body breaks the alcohol down into is acetaldehyde. Unfortunately, this is even more toxic than the alcohol itself. 
and it's the acetaldehyde that causes the most damage to the liver. After the liver, cardiovascular diseases are the most important category, with 570,000 annual deaths. The bulk of these deaths are made up of two diseases, hemorrhagic stroke with 287,000 deaths and ischemic heart disease with 250,000 deaths. Close to 25,000 people also die from structural heart diseases. These include cardiomyopathy, which is when the heart muscles literally stretch out like an overstretched rubber band. Cancers account for 430,000 deaths annually. Now, alcohol is a proven carcinogen, and it is most likely to cause cancer in those parts of the body through which it passes or lingers the most. Unsurprisingly, since we metabolize alcohol primarily in the liver, the most common site of alcohol-related cancer is the liver. This accounts for just just over 100,000 deaths. The other cancers in descending order are colorectal at 92,000, esophageal at 83,000, lip and oral cavity at 52,000, breast 42,000, other pharynx cancers 39,000, and larynx cancers at 21,000. So cancer accounts for roughly 24% of deaths in the non-communicable diseases category. The remaining deaths in this category of non-communicable diseases include things like pancreatitis with 28,000 and epilepsy with 16,000 deaths. There is also a category for quote alcohol use disorders, which is the scientific way of saying alcoholism. This accounts for 145,000 annual deaths. The third and final large category of alcohol-related deaths are not related to long-term health problems. What you have here are basically accidents and alcohol-related violence. The biggest chunk of these 862,000 deaths consists of road injuries that is, drunk driving. This claims the lives of 371,000 people. Alcohol-related suicides come in at a staggering 147,000 deaths, followed by homicides at 87,000. 79,000 people die from falling while drunk each year, 38,000 people drown, and 12,000 are poisoned. The tragedy with alcohol-related mortality, in contrast, say, to tobacco deaths, is that it tends to strike the younger ages. Fully 52% of alcohol-related deaths are of people younger than 60 years of age. Unsurprisingly, the distribution of these deaths changes dramatically through the various age brackets. In younger people up to 39 years of age, injuries and suicide are the leading category, making up 52% of alcohol-related deaths. For those between 40 and 59 years of age, liver cirrhosis is the leader, accounting for 26% of alcohol deaths. Those aged 60 and older will die primarily of heart disease at 21%, followed by cancers at 18%. Men are disproportionately more affected than women at every age bracket, starting from the teenage years to old age. According to the WHO, 7.7% of all men's deaths are alcohol-related, whereas for women, this figure is 2.6%. Now, in terms of geography, the leading countries in alcohol-related mortality are the former Soviet republics. The small nation of Moldova is the world leader in alcohol-related deaths, followed by Belarus, Russia, and other ex-Soviet countries. As you can see on this colored map, over 78 people from every 100,000 men, women, and children die in these countries from alcohol every year. There are also about a dozen sub-Saharan African countries, like Nigeria, that have similar mortality rates. The deaths in the United States and Western Europe are at markedly lower levels, mostly between 37 and 54 deaths per 100,000. But this is not necessarily because people in these countries drink that much less. A lot of it does have to do with access to better medical interventions. While these can extend one's lifetime and suppress the mortality figures, they can't really do much to improve quality of life. So you have 
drinkers living longer, but often in appalling health. Now, in response to this massive public health problem, governments around the world have adopted a wide range of measures and policies. The most common of these are high taxation rates, heavy regulation of the alcohol industry, banning or heavily regulating advertisements for alcohol, restricting the sale of alcohol to certain hours of the day, banning consumption in public places, strict penalties for violations like drunk driving or selling alcohol to minors. In line with this, the members of the WHO in 2010 adopted a quote, global strategy to reduce the harmful use of alcohol. The document outlines 10 recommended target areas, which are basically a rehash of the policies that we just described. So as you've probably already figured out from the statistics in today's presentation, these government policies have generally been a failure. A massive failure. And if you ask me, one of the reasons is because they're based on coercion. It's the hammer approach couched in nice sounding buzzwords like enforcement, commitment, or surveillance. And no matter how much you coerce people into not doing something, they will always do it if they believe that it will give them some kind of pleasure or benefit. Which is why even if you completely outlaw alcohol, like we did during the prohibition, people will still drink even if it means possibly going to prison. Our prisons are filled with people who have violated drug laws for possession of substances that are completely illegal. Another policy that has failed is the promotion of fear. This has been especially relevant in tobacco campaigns, not so much in alcohol. The reason, possibly, is partly because tobacco is at this point heavily stigmatized, whereas alcohol is still more or less socially acceptable. So, governments are more comfortable putting disgusting photographs on cigarette packets instead of wine bottles. Even though, by some metrics, like total number of life years lost, alcohol is as destructive to human life as tobacco. But, fear as a policy has failed just as spectacularly as coercion. And smokers probably don't even look at the photos anymore. They've become completely desensitized to them. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to be clear about one thing. The reason I made today's video is not to scare you. I know very well that fear tactics don't work. This video is to simply educate you. But what is the answer to this problem? What does work? Well, it's actually surprisingly simple. It's changing people's perception of alcohol. This way, you don't need to punish them. You don't need to give them the harsh taxes and you don't need to restrict what they're doing. If people simply saw alcohol for what it was, they wouldn't want to drink. Simply give them the tools necessary to recast alcohol and their relation to it. And if they do that properly, their desire to drink will melt away. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.